This is Maria McKenzie, and welcome to Provocative History, a program featuring historical fiction and fact that will make you laugh, cry, and think. Today, I'm going to take a look at the rather provocative words of Mae West. Most people nowadays have probably never heard of Mae West. So just to give you a little background information, she was born Mary Jane West on August 17, 1893, and she died on November 22nd, back in 1980. Her career spanned seven decades, and she was an actress, singer, playwright, screenwriter, and comedian. She's best known for her lighthearted use of, shall we say, suggestiveness. I watched a documentary about her recently, and it mentioned that if she'd been slimmer and more glamorous, like Marlena Dietrich, for instance, she probably could not have gotten away with the lines that made her famous. She wasn't particularly beautiful, and her figure was rather matronly, but she certainly had a way with words that kept bringing audiences into the movie theaters of the Depression-era 1930s. When presented with a script, she'd rewrite all her lines, which certainly seemed to pay off at the box office. Up until 1934, movies were not censored, but even after they were, Mae West still continued to write provocative dialogue, curtailing it only slightly to the delight of her audiences. However, in the late 1930s, the censorship office cracked down on Mae West's unique use of words, and after that, the magic of her movie performances disappeared. When her cinematic career ended, she wrote books and plays and went on to perform in Las Vegas, the United Kingdom, and on radio and television. As far as her opinion on censorship, she said, I believe in censorship. I made a fortune out of it. Here are some of Mae West's most memorable lines. Don't ever let a man put anything over on you except an umbrella. He's the kind of man a woman would have to marry to get rid of. I believe that it's better to be looked over than it is to be overlooked. Opportunity knocks for every man, but you have to give a woman a ring. A dame that knows the ropes isn't likely to get tied up. Give a man a free hand and he'll run it all over you. A woman in love can't be reasonable or she probably wouldn't be in love. When women go wrong, men go right after them. I'll close today's episode by reading an excerpt from chapter four of my novel, Masquerade, book two of the Unchained Trilogy. If you listened to the previous episode, I introduced Lavinia Hargraves, a rebellious young woman who ran away from home to become an actress, which was scandalous back in the 1800s. At 17, Lavinia eloped with 54-year-old Vernon Hargraves, the owner of a theater company. Vernon went on to make Lavinia a star. In the scene I'll be reading, Lavinia is now 22 and about to be seduced by a young very handsome actor named Kenneth Tyler, who uses a few very provocative words of his own. I hope you'll enjoy this excerpt from Masquerade Book Two of the Unchained Trilogy. New York City, 1894. Kenneth rushed to his dressing room. After shedding his costume, he changed into his day clothes, a black suit with a vest and cravat. Grabbing his bowler hat, he walked down the hall to Lavinia's dressing room. Putting his ear to her dressing room door, he only heard female voices, Lavinia's and her maid Amy's. 
Kenneth smiled at the memory of Amy. She'd been a sweet little thing, quiet and not much to look at, yet she'd been a tigress behind closed doors. Kenneth walked to the wings in search of Vernon, but only encountered a few cast members and crew members on their way out. Vernon was nowhere to be found. Good, Kenneth said to himself, walking back to Lavinia's door. He knocked. Lavinia, he said through the closed door. Before our first night, I'd like to discuss a way to bring greater depth to our performances. Wait just a moment, Lavinia replied. Seconds later, she invited him in as Amy finished buttoning the back of her turquoise dress. Amy flashed Kenneth a flirtatious smile, which he ignored. No use leading the poor girl on. He had no desire to revive their short-lived affair. There were greener pastures to explore. Amy rolled her eyes, then let out an irreverent snort as she adjusted the fabric over Lavinia's bustle. When Lavinia checked her reflection, she asked Kenneth to have a seat on a satin chair near her dressing table. When she turned from the mirror, Amy brought over a very large hat decorated with white stuffed birds and ostrich plumes. So, Kenneth, Lavinia said, just what do you suggest we do to improve our performances? Lavinia, he glanced at Amy, who was about to assist her mistress with the hat. Amy shot him a nasty glare in return. If I may, Kenneth said, I'd like to speak to you alone. Lavinia hesitated, then took the hat from her maid. Of course, Amy, if you wouldn't mind. She motioned the girl to the door. Amy trudged out. Passing Kenneth, she turned up her nose, then loudly slammed the door behind her. Bending to place the hat on a matching chair opposite Kenneth, Lavinia said, it appears Amy doesn't like you. I'm not here to discuss your girl. All right, then, Lavinia stood tall, placing hands on hips and smiled. So tell me what you had in mind. Kenneth took a deep breath, as though mustering nerve. In all his years of philandering, he'd never had the gall to approach a boss's wife. Where's Vernon? he asked cautiously. He went home. He was quite exhausted after today's rehearsal. Kenneth rose, tossing his bowler to the vacant seat, then swaggered toward Lavinia. I've hesitated to address this for obvious reasons. Audiences love us together, but our performances are lacking something. We could make them better if... Lavinia raised a brow. If what? Sidling close to her, he said slowly, If you would unsheathe my dagger. Looking confused, Lavinia said, Just what do you mean? I mean, I'd like to slip my key into your lock. But I've already let you in here. You don't need a key. I take it you've never heard of a double entendre. Lavinia blinked her eyes in question. A double what? She so wanted to be worldly, Kenneth reflected laughing, but was still an innocent in so many ways. What's so funny? Lavinia asked sharply. I won't beat about the bush any longer, Lavinia. I believe that your performance, as well as mine, would vastly improve if we made love. Lavinia's eyes widened. Raising her chin, she said, Kenneth, I'm a married woman. Yes, but you're married to an old man, an old man that you don't love. She backed away from him slightly. My marriage is none of your business. Your marriage lacks passion. 
And no, that's none of my business. But improving my performance and yours is my business. Lavinia, this is the perfect way he moved closer to her, all the while gesturing dramatically with his hands. We can only show but so much of our love on stage. But if you experienced being with me in a way that can't be displayed to the audience, the feeling and the depth of emotion we have behind closed doors can transcend to the stage. Trust me. This was a ploy he'd used many times with his leading ladies. So many times, in fact, that he'd actually come to believe it himself. Has Vernon ever made you scream in ecstasy? Kenneth asked. Lavinia's face contorted in shock, but then an inquiring gaze flickered across it. How dare you ask me such a question? My, my marriage is a sacred union. I've never known you to be so self-righteous. You're a much better actress than you're pretending to be now. You're not offended by what I've said, but you are curious, and you never did answer me. Has Vernon ever kissed you? Kenneth grabbed Lavinia's waist, pulling her close, like this. Holding her tightly, he kissed her with searing passion, pressing his body firmly against hers. Half-heartedly, Lavinia tried to push him away. Kenneth, she gasped, please. With pleasure. Kenneth knew she wanted more and kissed her again before she could finish her feigned protest. Finally, her body melted into his and Kenneth felt victorious as she returned his embrace and his kiss. When he slowly pulled his lips from hers, Lavinia was breathless. She disentangled herself from his arms. That's, that's not what I meant. But it is what you wanted, Kenneth said slyly. I know Vernon's never kissed you like that, and he's never touched you in places that could make you wildly euphoric, has he? Lavinia was silent for a moment then. You think you could? She decided not to feign insult any longer. Kenneth smiled. Most definitely. Lavinia, I know how to play a woman like a fine instrument, and you, my darling, are no less than a Stradivarius. We're magic together now, he said, opening opening his arms in an exaggerated theatrical gesture. Just think what we'd be if... I'm no fool, Kenneth. Lavinia crossed her arms, eyeing him cynically. You just want to sleep with me, that's all. She turned away from him to look in the mirror. After checking her hair, she picked up the enormous hat. I won't deny that. I'm dying to sleep with you, but that's not all. From behind, he approached Lavinia, took the hat from her hands, and threw it back to the chair. Placing an arm around her waist, he said, I swear, Lavinia, our performances would be even more explosive. He kissed her neck, volcanic even, if we made love. She leaned comfortably against him. I have a suite at the Imperial Hotel where we can rehearse. Meet me there tomorrow at two. He pulled a brass key from his pocket. Placing it in her hand, he said, Dress plainly so no one will recognize you and use the side entrance. We wouldn't want to stir up a scandal. Continuing to kiss her neck, he worked his way toward her ear. Lavinia pulled away from him, then slowly turned to face him. I'll take what you've said under advisement. He looked at her aghast. You sound like we've been discussing a business proposal, haven't we? 
If I do agree to what you're proposing, I have everything to lose. And so do you, if Vernon ever finds out. But darling, I won't tell a soul. Discretion is my middle name, Kenneth said with a sneaky smile. If Vernon or anyone else ever suspects something, just deny it. That's how the game is played, he winked. And you're a great actress. You can be convincing. Lavinia shook her head with a wicked smile. Why on earth does your poor little wife put up with you? Forget about my poor little wife. Don't give her a second thought, he laughed. I never do. Well, I may or may not show up tomorrow. This is a rather weighty decision for me, so you'll just have to wait and see. But, but if you don't come, you'll never know what you've been missing. And you won't be with just any bloke, Kenneth said dramatically. You'll be with me, Kenneth Tyler. Lavinia yawned. If you've said all you have to say, Kenneth, you may leave now. That concludes this excerpt of Masquerade Book 2 of the Unchained Trilogy. Thank you so much for listening, and please visit my website, www.mariamackenziewrites.com. Read previews of my other books and drop me a line. I would love to hear from you. So until next time, this is Maria McKenzie, and you've been listening to Provocative History.